Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Saturday, 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 December 31st, New Year's Eve. You live for New Year's Eve, don't you? Used to. Used to be a big New Year's Eve guy. Went to uh, Fagers Island last year, and it was just a little little too bumping for my, a uh, little too crowded and pointless. Not a big stand around at the bar guy anymore. At a super loud bar, just I, I've reached that old age. Yeah, you you can still catch me with a good time in that situation, but eh, I'm I'm going to a wedding, which I'm excited about because I think that's a fun way to have plans made for you for New Year. Yeah, the more you get up there, you got to pick your spots. I'm definitely, uh, you know, you can catch me having fun in that scenario too. New Year's Eve, not one of them, but uh, I do like a good New Year's Eve house party i like a halloween house party too those feel like good house party uh holidays which is what uh, i think i'm going to be getting into tonight i'm going to have a wedding next year on new year's eve so that'll be the, the first experience with that i've heard good things good things all around as uh this nfl season still very strange yeah i'm definitely a wedding crasher we have devon in the comments here definitely wow this is my ninth wedding this year which is just that's I just love love. That's truly yeah. love love. That is truly disgusting. I think we need to we need to reevaluate uh, marital culture in the society. It's just too much, you know. I, I I could I could really go down that wormhole. Don't don't get me started right now. Okay, but yeah, yeah. it's a, a fun way. NFL football is. I'm, I'm still not used to the the second week of January being NFL football. It feels feels wrong, like. We're, we're still not still not fired all the way up. We still have one, one, yeah. little, one little gear to hit. Speaking of things that are too much, I mean, 18 regular season weeks. Like, it's just we got two more of these things left to play. Like, it just fe- it feels like the end already. Um, it's felt like that for some time. You made the point that the Ravens made the playoffs and, like, you were in that stadium and there was just no juice. juice. I think a significant reason for that is, like, hey, there's still two more regular season games left to play. There's just – it's – 
I, I get like I get wanting to maximize every single dollar, but sometimes you know I think about that Mark Cuban quote about the hogs getting slaughtered, and it's like, man, are, are we re- are we reaching the uh, are we reaching the Rubicon here and potentially crossing it? I don't know, but it kind of feels that way sometimes. Yeah, they're going to be adding another game in the near future as well. I believe two years from now, as a part of the the collective bargaining agreement and NFLPA and everything decided on. So. It's only going to get deeper and deeper. And that's a good point, to be honest. I think maybe if uh, if they were clinching this week or next week, it would probably would be a little bit more juice. Everybody would be a little bit more anxious. But they did clinch already. Yeah, you're getting uh... – oh, this is going great. You're getting robot voice already. And uh, I don't know how that's happening. I don't know why that's happening. I've taken some precautions to avoid it this time, but we're still going through it. Uh, that's okay, though. I guess we're just going to power through and see what we can do here. Um, but yeah, I guess we can just jump into the game here. We've kind of got to keep it a little bit short. So Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. Ravens just saw them in Pittsburgh uh, in a game that I thought was, you know, really fun. Maybe a, a galvanizing moment of the year. Of course, then they go to the Browns and they they lose there in Cleveland and everyone kind of loses their mind for another week. Then you come back and you beat the Falcons and you clinch the... Uh, clinched the playoffs at home in that game so another home game coming up here it's going to be sunday night football it got flexed what are your initial thoughts with this one my initial thoughts are that i'm probably going to get robot voice and smash my laptop in half but i believe that the nfl is rigged at this point i'm very deep into the wormhole that things start swinging in favor of what the nfl would want and i feel like the ravens should win this game the steelers have barely put up any offense over the last couple of months. Uh, They have scored 13, 24, 14, 19. They are not exactly kicking offensively. I think they haven't really had a a super strong performance since November 28th against, you know, Jeff Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. And then before that, they gave the Bengals a little run for their money. So um, what I recall from the first game, predominantly the first thing that stands out to me, or I suppose the two things that stand out to me, Kenny Pickett had no clue what was going on in that game. He was utterly dismantled and discombobulated by Mike McDonald simulating pressure and showing different pre and post snap looks. And the man was just running around and scrambling and, he ends up, you know, getting hitting his head on the ground. They put him back in the game. Then he comes out. To me, it felt like they thought he was rattled. He was rattled. Roquan Smith smacks his head on the ground, and they were like, "All right, why don't we pull the the rook out and let good old Mitch get in there and start kicking?" So um, that was the first thing that stuck out to me. The second was that J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens' run game just have brutally annihilated the Steelers over time. But it's just strange that the Ravens can never translate that into points against the Steelers. Between the 20s, they can run the ball with free will, with complete jurisdiction of what they want to do. Then they get down into the red zone, and the Steelers have just given them absolute hell for about three years, four years in the red zone. So the Ravens have struggled to get to 20 points or get beyond 20 points against them. And I feel like that theme might continue and it's going to be another sticky running game where the Steelers are able to make a few plays and make it a close game. And that's just kind of been the the mess that they've lived in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's uh it does kind of have some, 
some old school Ravens vibes with that Steelers defense where it is kind of the bend but don't break thing. And I think we saw that a little bit in the previous matchup. You've got Terrell Austin there as the defensive coordinator. So he's got some Dean Pease ties, I believe. And then, uh, I mean, it goes back to something Ike Taylor always used to talk about when he was kind of in the media. And then I think he had some some stuff happen that would get him out of the media, which is unfortunate. Um, but he would always talk about how this is Coach Tomlin, Coach T's defense. It's Coach Tomlin. So it just, it's going to be a hallmark of red zone tightening up and that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's going to work more against an offense that is struggling to throw the ball well. I thought they looked better last week, funny enough, and just absolutely frigid conditions, um, which, you know, you were out there for you got to experience that but you, you hit a couple deep shots I mean that's sort of been the issue with Tyler Huntley is the inability to throw the ball the inability to put any touch on his passes and kind of just being a little too erratic and not playing within the structure of the offense he seems a little too eager to play that kind of uh, backyard football style where it's wait for the play to break down scramble around wait for a guy to get open there hasn't been chemistry on that and there hasn't been the patience to set his feet and try to rip some of those throws and you had the play with Mark Andrews lined, lined up against A.J. Terrell that you highlighted, which was a great play for the passing game. You had that. Uh, you actually did have a little bit of a scramble drill hitting Sammy Watkins on his one catch of the game, I think on the first drive that got them down into the red zone where the Ravens were not able to capitalize. So they're having issues in the red zone still. They finally did score a touchdown last week. It was through a wide receiver, which was great to see. But uh, this is going to be a test, I think, to see if they can not only keep that going, but maybe improve upon that because I'm not expecting... Kenny Pickett to look as bad as he did uh, against the Ravens the first time around. I think he'll maybe be a little bit better. Um, I guess we'll see. But I think you're going to need maybe the offense to look at least like it did against the Falcons to win this game comfortably. Definitely. And the Ravens have, like you mentioned, been isolating Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is starting to look like himself again. I think those injuries are starting to be a little bit more behind him. We're seeing him be able to release with explosiveness and suddenness and stack really well. And we have John Kay in the comments here. Will this be the game where the Ravens change their red zone stats? They're ranked 30th. That's nuts. And I'm, Tyler Huntley just – and I was watching Nate Tice post pictures of Josh Allen and or post videos of Josh Allen in the red zone. And it's like you can see the moment that he like swallows the feeling of thro like throw this ball into a tight window and get it intercepted. And I think Huntley we see so often just reach that point in rhythm in his drop back in the red zone where you need to have really good timing. The red zone passing is all about timing and being able to throw to a receiver as they're opening that window or as they're first working back to the ball or making themselves available. And Mark Andrews went to work on three or four plays. Isaiah likely went to work. Huntley did sneak a ball to likely last week in the corner of the end zone that kind of hit him right in the crotch on a quick little short arm shot and wasn't able to bring it in, but uh, it's, it's difficult. It just feels like Huntley so badly doesn't want to turn the football over and wants to play in the 13, 16, 15 point stratosphere of, or, or I guess, you know, as you said earlier, Rubicon, he wants to play in that essence and not turn the football over. But if they could score one red zone touchdown, if they score one red zone touchdown, their defense is playing at such a stellar level, and I have an article that hopefully comes out today about just how thoroughly impressive in every single statistic this Ravens defense has been and what they've done on first down against play action. They're in the top 10 since they acquired Roquan Smith. On third down, they're in the top 10 in quarterback rating allowed, and a bunch of they've only allowed six passing touchdowns. There's the second fewest in the league since they've acquired Smith. Their red zone defense is elite. Their third down defense is elite. Their top five in points allowed, sacks, like 
takeaways. They're top five in everything. Mike McDonald has not gotten any credit at all in the national media kind of uh, narrative for being 34 years old, the second youngest defensive coordinator in the NFL, his first time calling plays in the NFL. They are top five in every single measurement of success for a defense, uh, except for, you know, obviously fourth quarter or whatever. So that's been their Achilles heel. Uh, hopefully they learn from the Jaguars, but long story short, if they can put the ball in the end zone in the red zone one time, once kick three field goals and Hey, maybe generate an explosive touchdown that will win the game hundred percent of the time. If they can score just one touchdown, they probably win most games. That's how good this defense is playing right now. So um, it's, it's going to be uh, a fun battle for them. And it feels like, you know, George Pickens uh, had his way with Marlon Humphrey a little bit. Deontay Johnson beat him over top. They do have Marcus Williams back. And uh, this, this defense might get Calais Campbell back. They don't have Peters, but they're starting to get to the vision of what, when they acquired Roquan Smith, they wanted to be and the type of players they wanted to have and how they wanted to play. So um, Huntley needs to make one play in the red zone, man. They'd have to score one red zone touchdown or else they're not going to be in a, a strong position in any game. So it's just the matter of at that moment of decision or indecision, Huntley needs to let a guy like Mark Andrews, especially if he is in one-on-one coverage, go make a play. And at some point, you know, you've already clinched the playoffs. It's not like you're playing, you know, live or die football at this point. They really only are playing for a, a home one home playoff game in all likelihood at this point. So, Make the play, man. Make the throw. Throw confidently on those throws to Sammy Watkins and Mark Andrews. We saw a really compact, quick, decisive release. Huntley wasn't doing that big loop that he can get himself into. And he wasn't, yeah, coming over top and spreading his base real wide and doing those things. So let it rip, man. This is your time, Tyler Huntley. This is kind of, you know, it feels like Lamar Jackson probably will be back in the next week or two. So this is your your final, you know, phase of your audition. This is the climax or the crescendo of your time as an NFL quarterback and to make a statement against the Pittsburgh Steelers and go sweep them. Yeah. And I think you made a lot of good points there. One of them, our, our friend Eric is talking about here. Um, I think Mike McDonald used to be a piece of shit, you know, slick back hair, surrendering insane leads late in games, um, you know, live for new year's Eve. But I think he's uh, proved that people can change, you know, and that happens when you get the talent on your defense that you need on the field. Marlon Humphrey being the prime example of, missing against the Jaguars, missing against the Dolphins. Like you got to be healthy and you got to have your players and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also, I'm into the idea that he's like not getting this national buzz because I want to see him stick around. I don't want to see him get hired away this year. I want to see what he can do with this defense next year. It's probably going to be a little bit of a new look defense. So that's interesting. And uh, yeah, uh, I think he's, uh, he's proven himself to be a big asset for this team. Ultimately, the Mike McDonald defense, the Mike McDonald experience in year one has been a very positive one, I think. And then, yeah, Tyler Huntley. I mean, it just, I, I think you hit on all the things like he's just gotta, he's gotta be a little more settled down. And I think he looked that way. And I think John K says, are you softening on your opinion of Huntley? I'm kind of, I'm maybe in the spot where like, I just think that that's the ideal Tyler Huntley game. I actually tweeted that after the Falcons win. It's like, he just, he just looked settled down he looked willing to play within the structure a little bit more. And that helps when guys get open. Like maybe that wasn't happening in the other games as much. You could probably speak to that more than I can, but it just felt like plays were there to be made. He made one or two of them. And that was kind of that. And you need to just make your free throws. I think is a point that I saw our friend huddle it up films make on Twitter. Just make your free throws, make the layups, just like take what's easy for you. And 
you're going to beat teams like the Falcons. You're going to beat teams like the Kenny Pickett Steelers. It's going to get tougher against a team like the Bengals, who you hope Lamar Jackson is going to get back for. I guess we can get into that a little bit too. But as far as this game goes right now, just you know, take what's in front of you and don't look back because this defense, to your point, is good enough. Well said. And Tyler Linderbaum played the game of his life so far against the Steelers. Ravens offensive line, offensive front came with, you know, black suits, black ties, sunglasses, and Colt 45s on their hip. They came to run shit. They came to shut down the show and take control. So the Steelers obviously chomping at the bit. They're still fighting for a playoff seed and and have that possibility intact. So uh, this Ravens offensive front continuing to work the pin and pulls, continuing to work their deuce blocks and go seal at the second level. Uh, Gus Edwards is starting to look like Gus Edwards again. And we saw that a little bit before his hamstring failed him, which is so common after the ACL. But it feels like the hammy's behind him. He's starting to be able to run zone concepts and do that weird, like the way he bounces runs is, it's like outside of reality, like outside of the way that most running backs you see, the way he bounces and rides leverage and then just like attacks it in a way that doesn't set up his linemen to get holding calls. He like presses it in a way that doesn't go completely lateral while still bending it. That's uh, really patient, really good timing. And seeing him start to rumble against the Falcons and kind of have, you know, the secondary try and come tackle him in the knees and just running right through them on long gains and stuff like that. Um, I, it's the, the the script that the Steelers and Ravens get into is such a peculiar one in the scheme, in the grand scheme of this rivalry. So it's, it's, quite interesting to watch and, and different from what we've seen in years past. Yeah. And there it is again. I, I literally don't know what it could be at this point. I've tried a million different things. It's not your fault. It's definitely on my end, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to work through it. And I guess uh, in the interest of that, we had to keep this thing short anyway, because I am going down the ocean for the night. So I guess we can just sort of get into prediction time. I'm not buying this whole like Steelers Cinderella story that everyone seems to be pumping up right now. This whole Mike Tomlin's never going to have a losing season thing. And oh, the Ravens haven't looked that great. Well, I think the Ravens are just more talented than the Steelers right now. I think I'm more invested in this running game being a good match for the Steelers defense. Like we saw a couple weeks ago. I don't think, you know, in a home game in Baltimore at night when you're wearing the all blacks, I think that's going to be, you know, potential to uh, wear on their will a little bit. And I do think it's going to be a close game. I think maybe Huntley makes a mistake against this good defense with Minka Fitzpatrick still out there. Um, he's going to have to protect himself a little bit, bit better to that point because Minka's the one that delivered the shot that hurt him in the last game. But ultimately, I think he does make another one or two throws that uh, is going to help to prove the difference. And I just don't think Kenny Pickett is a playoff quarterback as of right now. I'm not totally ready to give up on him, but it's just been kind of tough to watch. So... I don't know if I have robo voice still. No, you're good. good. But I, uh, in in talking through this exercise, I am going to flop from what my early prediction was. I think that the Sunday night football experience, the bank hasn't really been rocking too much. Last week was cold and it was Christmas Eve and it was pretty empty and sparse, but it feels like a lot of people are going to this one. Tickets for this game, I think, are starting at around $200 right now. So Sunday night football at home. I don't think Kenny Pickett has the, the, the pizzazz or the gusto against this elite defense at this point in time. Uh, you know, he was able to go beat the Raiders in prime time at home, Franco Harris, all of those things going on, and was able to make that late touchdown when the Raiders were just playing stupid football defensively uh, at the end there. So 
I think that the primetime experience in Baltimore, if the bank is rocking, I think that it will carry some weight. And I don't think the Steelers will be able to put up two offensive scores. I think the only way they win is if the Ravens make some sort of grand pick six, fumble six mistake offensively. And the Steelers are able to put in one touchdown, maybe kick a field goal, get them to 17, somewhere around there. Uh, so I think that the Ravens do, if they are able to not completely shoot themselves in both feet in a kind of catastrophic error that feels like is somewhat due. I don't want to speak into reality, but it's too late now. But I'm going to go Ravens rounds, you know. That's true. So I'm going to go Ravens 16, Steelers 10. That is Ravens 16, Steelers 10 as Robo Voice kicks up again. Really want to apologize to everyone for that. I'm trying to figure it out on my end. It's definitely on my end. So we're looking into it. I have tried a couple different things and uh, still not nothing working. I don't know why it just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's the bane of my existence. But that is life as a producer sometimes and it is on me to fix it. So we'll do that. I'm going to go something similar. I'm going to say Ravens uh, 17, Steelers 14. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a JT winner or a late... Uh, I don't know what the line is, but maybe a late Steelers cover there. Um, and yeah, I just think it's going to be yet another close one. Ravens play a, a ball control style here. Uh, as uh, our guys saying here in the comments, I think uh, just ball control, make a throw or two by Huntley. Tucker, make your kicks. Seems like the weather is going to be downright balmy compared to last week. And uh, I think you get out of there with a W. So that's what I got. And uh, I guess I guess I'll close this out on that. Uh, thank you guys for listening on uh, this fine New Year's Eve. Have yourself a uh, a nice, fun time tonight. Go out and uh, have yourself a good time. You know, you only get one of these every single year, and uh, it it should be fun. Uh, don't drink and drive. Be safe. Uh, do whatever you got to do to ensure that you have a, a safe and great time. Shepherd your way into 2023. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully tomorrow night. I guess we're going to have to see. I think we're both going to be at the game after a New Year's Eve. Uh, you've got a wedding. I've got a house party. And then we've both got drives back. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see. But I've got Monday off. You'll be at, uh, at home as usual. And uh, maybe we'll uh, just do something in the morning or something. But either way, you'll have a recap coming your way as well. So go ahead and follow us on social media. In the meantime, you can find the show on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. You can find me at Jake Luke, L-O-U-Q-U-E. You can find Spencer at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four in the middle there. Thanks, guys, as always, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flippity flip. See you. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Everything out of me. They gonna get a Super Bowl out of me. Need that.